generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Always are days are nights. Well, Luke, thanks, man, for joining us at um, Campfire Studios. And yeah, been, like we said, offline, been tracking your journey online and you know, seem like a regular bloke who's mm. just trying to just trying to have a good crack at it. Um, before we kick off and do intros, I mentioned that I'm part of these little business networks now, and I resisted it for a while. You yeah. know, I think it's there's something a bit wanky for me about standing up there and pitching, but I get it now. Mm. You know, have you first of all have you been to those network things, and secondly, can you do your sixty second intro for us? Yeah, wow. So that's a good intro. Okay, I haven't been to one of those things for some time. <laughs> okay. um, I think on those for a Kiwi business, your goal should be to, and I hate using the word "should." I know that's my brain telling me don't tell people what they should be doing, um, but try and outgrow them. Because what I found when I went to them <laughs> was that. A lot of the people had been going for the a long time. They hadn't outgrown them. They hadn't figured out where else could we get work from. They were in this kind of culty referral type setup, and you know, I've got to introduce you to this person over mm, there mm. because I've got to do my three referrals or whatever. And I wasted a lot of time talking and having coffee and having lunches with people where I'm like, why are we chatting <laughs> and what is going on here? But I was new to it and naive, I guess. Um, but you know, I think a lot of Kiwi businesses, they stay there and only 15, 15% of businesses in New Zealand turn over over a million dollars. So that might not be everyone's goal, but to kind of get there, you can't be just going to B&I, you know. Mm. It depends what you're trying to build. Sorry, I just, I've just used one of If it's that, uh, for instance. Well, uh, let's clip that up, Guy, and chuck that <laughs> online, eh? And tag B&I, would you? <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> um, you know, you've got to be thinking bigger than that. So I think they serve a great purpose to meet some people especially in those early days to perfect your your spiel um and you know find out where some commonalities are and even just get an idea for getting comfortable with your with yourself i guess mm. but uh, yeah i do think it's it's a good idea to try and outgrow them but my my pitch is such i would say um i help business owners try and build the business that that they want to have yeah. so they can make more money or have more time with their family, basically get back to why it is that they started business in the first place. How we do that through accounting services to start with, so making sure that they understand their finances, but working alongside them and partnering with them to actually get a bit of a business degree that they never got because they didn't go to uni because they focused on their business and what they're interested in and help them learn some of those things that can help unlock some of the next chapters in their business. Awesome. And then second to that, in my spare time, I help everyday Kiwis get better with money and their own personal finances and empower them to make better decisions. Yeah, man, that's uh, I'm, one of, I'm one of them who's you know enjoying your, your teachings. Awesome. Um, let's go to you, Guy. Come on, pal. Time to start selling. Okay. Well, um, I'll just throw a few questions out to you. Um, what what but, about your intro? That's what – oh, okay. Well, we know who I am. Don't oh we? no, but that was the that was the thing, you know. The man your pitch. behind the yeah, your pitch. I'm like the man behind the desk. You're the sales guy yeah. now. Um, what is <laughs> straight I, into my it. question is what is um I guess when you're starting a new business and you're sort of trying to grow, uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see mm-hmm. um new businesses kind of fall into? What's the kind of things that you uh constantly go i keep catching people with doing this thing is there something like there or is yeah. a few of those sorts of things um the main one would be that they're not trying to solve their client or customer's problem 
So instead of using what it is that they do to solve someone's problem, they are focused on getting the website perfect. I've got to get the brand coloring right. Uh, once I have this, then I'll start to do that. And so often with clients, what we'll say is what's worked well? Like, how did you get a client? Okay, cool. We've got data. Suggest that we've got something that people will give us money for. Money exchanges hands when value exceeds price. So we know that if they've given us money, that must be valuable what we're doing for them. So we've got one data point. And then we say, so what was it? You know, what was the problem that you solved? And then they kind of think, oh, we, you know, we, we take photos for people. No, you don't. You know, that's not what you sold. Like, what did you sell them? Um, well, I don't know. We gave them this one in, in a frame. No, you know, you captured their memory of that day so that they'll never forget it. And every time they look at it, they'll be reminded of what a special day that was. Mm. Oh, holy shit. Mm. You know? So often I think Kiwis uh, and, and everybody will basically go down the path of avoiding what they know they really need to do um, because it's scary to go out there and say, we help you capture the best day of your life and we'll guarantee that you'll love what we do for you or we'll give you your money back. Yeah. And so they'll go down the like, let's let's get some branding done or let's get a, let's get some testimonials or something like that. And so not actually go back to what they need to be doing to be able to get people to transact with them. Mm. I mean, that's a really interesting thing for you guys. Off camera, I was like, who's your mentor? And you're like, oh, I'm not a businessman. Mm. <laughs> so you're kind of doing what Luke is saying, just worrying about um, well, I'm not really worried about any of the branding or anything. Like yeah, but that is that's a good thing in some mm. ways, isn't it? Because what you're saying is your eye is where it should be, mm. looking after you, lobbying for your customer that yeah. they get what's yeah. valuable and necessary. And so I guess just further to that, it's basically then we go back to, okay, who was that person? They were this type of profile. Well, how can we find more of them? You know, let's go and message them. Let's ask them, do they know about anybody else that's getting married soon to get their photos done, for instance? So that's the example. Um, go on social media. Are you getting married in the next three months? We'd love to create breathtaking Im images for you. Please get in touch. Do you know anyone that's getting married? But instead, we'll do the website, we'll perfect it, we'll wait three months for the branding people to come back. And, you know, you know. so we've got to go direct to the people that want what we have to keep building data that we have something valuable for the market. Yeah. Because the longer that it takes us to get data and results, then we start falling into the, oh, maybe I'm not doing it right. Maybe I could be doing it like my competitor. I've got the imposter syndrome and all of the wrong data starts creeping in. So then it gets harder and then you get distracted by more things. So often with our clients, we're basically going back to basics of what do you do? Like what what's actually working? Okay, it's worked. Could we do more of it? Do you want to do more of it? Is it enjoyable to do more of it? Let's do more of that and let's figure out what we need to do to get more of that and then eventually the snowball just keeps rolling. Yeah, and I guess what's something that I've, I've often thought, because podcasting is like a passion for me, you see people's difference, but you see the similarities too. And and I think what I've been witnessing is like, um, you know, what you don't have sometimes pops up in other people. Mm. You know, and I wonder if that's been the case for you. Like, uh, you seem to me like you got it all kind of mapped out. Is that true? Um, I wouldn't say I've got it all mapped out. Like a little bit, I'll definitely try and create goals and visions and things that I want and then work backwards of, of how, but also who, you know. So I'm big now on I don't need to do it all myself. Like the ego is gone. Um, who can I get access to that knows how to do this, that's done it before, and you know, one thing that's itching in me is to is to have a big event around financial literacy, or even awesome. you know, like a business warrant of fitness once a year. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I keep putting it off. And then the other day, I was like, I'll just talk to someone who runs events, and then maybe I could contract them to help us pull it together. Mm -hmm. Then I don't have to worry about this massive event that we've got to put on. Mm -hmm. I can get somebody else. So then going to the who, not the how, because I yeah. know how to do. An event, but I know that it's a big time suck and it'll take me away from a number of the other things that I need to do. Mm. So then I've got to swap money for somebody's expertise and time so that they can help us do that. And then we can do the pieces that are most fulfilling and we want to be doing. So one thing that I do um, at the end of every month, so I have a calendar reminder and it's basically three up, 
three down. And so what it is, it's a reflection time to figure out what are three things that I like doing? How could I do more of those? And I review the month that's been. Sometimes I scroll through my inbox, scroll through my photos and my phone to figure out, oh yeah, that's right. That happened this month. That was awesome. I love that. How could I do a bit more of that? Back through the inbox, like, oh, that's right. When that email came in, I was like, fuck. You know, so I'm like, how can I not deal with that in the future? Um, unsubscribe from that. I don't want that, you know, I don't want that data coming into my brain, reminding me of that. So basically what three things can I do to increase my energy and what three things can I remove to um, ensure that they don't take my energy? Interesting. Yeah. Where did you learn that? Is that, you know, is someone teaching you that? Are you learning that by months of just, yeah, trial and error? A little bit, but also come across the concept through um, Dan Sullivan. So he is got a business in America called Strategic Coach. Now, I don't think many Kiwis know about Dan, but on YouTube, you can access a lot of his um, his teachings and things. And that was um, something that he was speaking about. And I was like, oh, that seems like a good concept. And then I was working with a mental skills coach as well, Aaron Walsh from the Chiefs. Um, and he was like, there's too much focus on time management, not enough focus on energy management. Hmm. And then I'm like, whoa, that's the same thing. And I'm like, okay, there's something here. Maybe I should set a reminder to explore this so I don't just do it once. Because if I just do it once, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that worked. But then next month I'll probably forget. So then I've become massive on setting reminders to keep going back to those types of things. Mm. Well, you mentioned uh, kind of coaching. And I don't know if it's the Kiwi mindset or what it is, but – what um even if I sit here now I'm like yeah who's really coaching me and am I even interested in being coached mm. you know why can I park something in my mind around mentorship as like oh that's a good thing but why am I not investing in coaching what's your thoughts there have you always been someone who's kind of I guess just a bit more open to being coached yeah I think so I mean I've played football for a long time and always had a coach um, I kind of look at like I see myself as a high performing athlete that's what I wanted to be I wanted mm. to be a warrior you know awesome. but, but uh, so or I wanted to be a Kiwi in the yeah. rugby league team Yeah. but then I had to come to the understanding that I that ain't happening <laughs> that, you know that you have to try and now own them yeah so I would <laughs> go to the gym like when the Kiwis weren't performing after like when they'd lose and be like fuck I'm getting big I'm gonna <laughs> go like this is me and I would still be squatting 60 kegs and now I'm 35 <laughs> and still struggling to do that, you know? And it's like, damn it. So now I get to go and enjoy their environment and watch them and support them. Yeah. But I've always looked at myself as a high-performance athlete effectively and thought, well, now I've found my sport and that's business and content creation and helping people and things like that. So I, you know, nobody, you know, imagine if the All Blacks just said, oh, we're not going to have a coach anymore. Everyone would be like, what the hell? Like, no one does this. Yeah. But individually, we don't, put the two things together and go, oh, that could be quite smart to have somebody who's can guide us, hold us accountable, it's challenge like we're us. we're not taught that. Yeah. You know, like we ever taught that guy about, um, I guess when I think of coach, I think guru stuff, you know, mm. and and maybe, you know, we're all a bit guilty of wanting to outsource all of our thing to something. But, you know, maybe coaching is a bit more practical too. What's your thoughts, Guy? Well, I think there's two issues, but I think that um, – Obviously, people were sort of notoriously tight with money. Mm. And when you're thinking about starting something and you're thinking about even educating yourself to that thing, the first thought that you have is not necessarily that you should spend money learning about it uh, or for someone to help you learn about it. Your first thought is like, I need to learn. I need to um, sort of master this thing without the understanding that, yes, obviously, the most straightforward way would be to be coached uh, or mentored. Mm. Um, and, you know, I did say that, like, I haven't uh, had a mentor in a long time, but I actually think it's very important to acknowledge that I was in my filmmaking career searching for a mentor for a sort of a decade. Mm. And what's unfortunately happened is, uh, well, and I don't want to sort of sound too full of myself, but I've kind of, now in a position where I could mentor other people because I have so much experience and I've learned so much over 20 years, but I, that's what I wanted for myself. I actually wanted that cultural mentorship and I wanted that experienced person to take me under their wing and say, look, you know, these are where your, this is where your edit needs work. This is where your writing needs work. This is where your technique needs work. Uh, these are the things that you should look at for next time. These are the things that you should consider as you're doing these revisions. Like I really wanted that and I just didn't have it. And then, at a certain point, you 
I think you get to a point of, or you, I hopefully get to a point of mastery where those things are less critical. You're able to do those things yourself, but you know, did it take me an extra five or 10 years because I did not have that. So I learned mm. a lot slower. And yeah. I think that's definitely like certainly a big issue for me. Mm. Yeah. I think on that, then the beauty is that you could be the mentor, the coach, the guidance counselor, like whatever term you want to use. I think Kiwi's like, we're a little bit scared of the mentor thing anyway, and we can mm. come back to that, but you could condense somebody's learning from 10 years to, to one year to uh, someone young coming into the space being like, okay, I want to do this. And all of a sudden you can go, well, here's 10 years of my knowledge condensed into one. And I think what you find is that people will just do the pieces that they understand first and they'll miss all the, they'll miss 80% of the lessons, probably more, but they'll do a couple of things and they'll go, well, that worked. Okay. Bit of trust in this. And then at some stage in like the next few years, they'll keep doing some of the things that you've told them from probably day one, but they're not ready to do those things yet because they're just like, ah, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's actually mm, going to work. Mm. Um, but you can condense people's lessons. And I think that's the whole point of a coach or a mentor or learning is basically, I don't have this skill set yet. You seem to have it. You might have learned experience. Um, help me understand what I need to know. Yeah. And, what I've found really valuable about mentorship is that it helps you have a big picture thinking. Mm. Um, not that I need big picture thinking, but let's say, for example, if you work for yourself, you have to grapple mentally with the idea that there's not a certain amount coming in. And so even if you're earning okay, and it's, it might feel like you're not doing well because compared to what you were earning, mm. um, you know, and so I went to my mentor, I was like, you know, I have no boundary over what's good and not because I'm yeah. still trying to find as I go, you know, and he gave me this little strategy, which was to pick a figure, you know, let's say it's um, 30 grand and that's what's um, in your account. And he, and I'll be interested to hear what you think about this. And he said, you know, split it into thirds and say your top third is your um, cash flow and whatnot. Um, your second third is amber. That's your damage control, man. Make more sales. And if you're in the red, you're fucked. You yeah. know? So your goal is to increase that buffer. But now you have a way to say, if I've done shit hot, now I increase it to 40K mm. and I reframe the thirds. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like, you know, obviously, like, he's telling me this stuff and I'm just trying to, what I'm grabbing onto is that gives me a framework yes. to at least make today make sense mm. and not have to relate everything. You know, so yeah. when I catch up with him, he's like, how's your buffers? Nice. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's going good. It's yeah. going good for now. You know, secretly thinking, man. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, what's your thoughts on that kind of mentorship and the biggest pieces of advice that's helped you frame, I guess, the bravery? That's what I'm really interested in here. There's a certain amount of jumping off the edge yeah. metaphorically with your own stuff, mm. believing, having confidence that – someone will be there to pay you a dollar for whatever it is you're out there saying you do. Yeah, I think that the more you can get the market to back up what it is that you're saying to be the truth, mm. then the more it becomes the truth, yep. and then the less you worry about it not being right or perfect, mm. etc. And so you outgrow that eventually and you just know like, this definitely works because people are leaving Google reviews, paying us money, it's been happening for years now. I don't need to worry that we're on the wrong track. Yeah. Um, but back to the piece about the buffers, like that is something we deal with with clients all the time in business. And most business owners will have an internal sort of thermostat around what a level of money is. And everyday Kiwis will too. You know, I used to only ever be able to get to around 10 grand in savings and I get to 12 and then I go on a bender, you know, or I get down to eight and I'm like, I need to get back to 10. I've had 10 before, got to 14. Oh, uh, do you want to come on that trip, mate? I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I got, mm. I got more than 10K. Like, let's yeah. go. Yeah. And for years, I'd hover around this 10. And, and then I'm like, what is this? Like, who, how did I create this? And so business owners do the same thing. They'll stack money aside and they're like, we don't want to touch that account. Like, that's, that's the account. And I'm like, why is it that figure? Oh, not sure. <laughs> a couple of people will leave. We had to pay out their annual leave. They're like, oh, great that I've got it. But damn it, like, it's at 40K. I need to get it back to 60. Mm -hmm. And until it's back at 60, I've got to rock it up my ass. And so they'll like, move the action to get it back to 
that comfort area. Now, recently working with a client, and this is where I think having a, a coach or somebody to hold you accountable becomes very important. Working with a client, their thermostat every month, they seem to sit around 50 grand in sales and it's hard for them to get past that. And so they've been working for us for uh, just about coming up a year. And I said, your goal is to break that 50. We've got to have a month where we go past the 50. And they just texted me this morning and said, I thought you'd like to know uh, that August was a 75K month for us. Yeah. And they are stoked. So I sent back some audio and I'm just like, fucking it, you know. <laughs> um, but when we met, last met with them, I, they were telling us examples. They're doing some marketing and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, so-and-so. I saw him in the car park the other day. And he was like, oh, I need to have a chat with you guys. And I said, cool, what'd you do after that? Oh no, I need to need to yeah get in touch with him. Oh, and then there was bloody Sally we were speaking to and bumped into her at the swimming pool, and she said, oh, "I've seen you guys recently. We actually we should have a chat about you know you helping me our business." And so you know yeah that that'd be good. And I'm like, "So what did you do about that?" Oh no, well I I haven't yet. And I'm like, "So mate, if you want to be the 50k a month business owner, keep doing what you're doing. If you want to be the 75k, as soon as that person indicates to you in the car park that they may need your help, Luke's in your ear, being like." send him a message straight after this. Yeah. Like turn that into a conversation. Sally down the swimming pool, same thing. You know, what are we doing? We're messaging her, we're emailing her, inviting her in. That's the 75K um, business owner. And I'm like, then you create some new habits and then 75 becomes the new uh, thermostat or the new sort of number you work to. And then you know that if you stop sending the texts and doing the outreach and stuff that you're going to drift back to the 50 but you want to teach yourself to be the 75k person and see what makes you that so you can keep growing from there. Interesting. Really interesting. I want to change topic a little bit, but anything to add there, Guy? Oh, just maybe I'll throw something out to you because um, we did mention financial literacy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's something that has always, or ever since I left school and was not taught financial literacy at school, and it's not part of any curriculum, at least that as far as I know, obviously it was a while since I've been to school, so things may have changed. But, you know, there is, for example, electively you can do accounting, uh, but you there's no such thing as financial literacy. And one of my biggest struggles in my adult life has been uh, actually getting used to having money mm. uh, because for a significant chunk of my life, really uh, until maybe three or four years ago, I would say that I was going from paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I never or very rarely had any disposable income. Um, and, I sort of, so I didn't really have to think about money because it all just went out of my account on bills and, yeah. you know, weekly. So I, I never had to, I never had to have any sort of uh, foresight or, or, or sort of consideration of, okay, if I had money, what would I do with it? Because I never had money. And, you know, as Will and I have started this business together, you know, that's changed a little bit, you know, very thankfully. Um, but I have, and sort of Will and I sometimes joke about this, that we sort of have this kind of poor person's mindset because we've been in that position for so long that it's hard to even, like, understand, like, when you get a big chunk of money, not to just spend it all yeah. like you did when it was a small chunk of money. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, obviously it goes back to a financial literacy thing, but, like, as an accountant and as a business person, as somebody who I'm sure is kind of uh, trying to manage people's, curb people's sort of, or, or improve people's understanding and manage that sort of thing is like, do you have any thoughts or advice, like little frameworks that you would put in place to someone that is starting to have a little bit more extra income and how they should sensibly or thoughtfully approach that extra money that they now have in this kind of financial literate terms so that's probably it's a big question isn't it yeah it's probably an entire podcast yeah. um <laughs> but that to summarize it i think the key thing that um that happens is that because we're not taught that we'll have a lot of money or we'll get bigger amounts of money than we're used to then we don't do the second piece of thinking, which is, well, what would I do with it? The only time we do that is if someone's like, what would you do if you won lotto? And everybody's got an answer to that, right? But it's usually blow it. It's usually like, fucking here's all the ways I'd spend it. So we want to try and flip it and go, okay, I will come into money and know that you will. 
especially if you're in business, but even in, in, in employment, you're going to have you know, money may come to you. So you've got to know what you're going to do with it once you have it. And to start with, you know, I couldn't be trusted. So what I would do is give it to my sister, but I had a clear goal and I was like, right, do not give this back to me. I'm going to see if I can save hundred K because it was 10 times bigger than the 10 grand thermostat. And I just thought, well, like imagine if I can do that. And, and I could see with the way business was going for me, I'm like, I'm going to have to learn to manage 100K because I'm going to have it eventually. And if I don't start learning that now before I get it, then I'm going to be in big trouble. I'm going to keep doing the same stuff. So to start with, I was like, I don't need to know what to invest it in. I don't need to know any of the fancy stuff. All I need to know is that I can't have access to it because I will fuck this up because I've got a track record of doing that. So I'm like, Sister K, do not give this back to me under any circumstances unless I can legitimately prove to you there is an issue that I need to get through. And so that was my starting point. And then I got to a point where I could trust myself and I could have it sitting there. But I think if you can know what you're going to do with that money, you've then already started to get ready for what you would do rather than just like, shit, the money's there. Let's just like, let's fritter it away. Mm. And I guess it's similar to say somebody um, with a, with a, a golf ball in their house and a set of golf clubs, like they could just sit in a house for somebody who doesn't know how to play with them They'll never get used, but you're probably only going to have that equipment like if you know what to do with it. So we understand the concept. And sport could be the same with a piano, for instance. And people are like, oh, shit, you got a piano. You'd be like, yeah, I don't know, like, they know how to use it. So we acquire the money and we get it. And then we're basically like, yeah, don't know. Like, I don't know what to from here. So then we go back to what we do know, i.e. the piano. We don't know how to play a piano, so then don't play it. Uh, cash, don't know how to have a lot of money well, I better fucking spend it, better get rid of it. Because mm. otherwise, like, this is too uncomfortable. And shit, I logged to my internet banking, there's 10 grand sitting there. Well, like, I don't know, what should I be doing? So the other thing to think about is then what is an amount of money that you've never had before? Um, doesn't matter how long it's going to take you to get there, but what could it look like if you did? Now, at the moment, the politicians were leading into an election. They are like, this is how much extra you're going to have every week. Well, if you can save $10,000 and give that to a bank and they give you interest back after taking tax, you're going to have an extra $8 a week. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot. Most people will be like, A, it's hard to save ten grand. Okay, cool, but mate, like it's possible. Uh, B, only 8 bucks a week. Well, this is literally what people are spending hours on social media going back and forth, I vote for this one. Like, who cares? You know, mm. you're going to get 5 bucks back on your fruit and veggies and stuff. The bank will give you 8 bucks a week if you can save 10 grand. Like, isn't that a better goal to focus on? And then if you go 50K, well, what's 50K? Okay, it's $41 a week, I think it is. So, oh, but who can save 50 grand? Well, maybe not you right now, but what if you could teach yourself to save 50 grand? Mm. So you kind of... You need to basically understand that if you've always gotten rid of money, you probably always will. So then you've got to know, well, when I start to get it, I've got to do something different with it. Mm, like buy cameras, they go. Well, I try to buy less cameras, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> the, the first job. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, maybe sell the ones that you don't use. Yeah. Yeah. Or hire them out, maybe. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, very interesting because I know everyone thinks about their own circumstances. That's what's tricky about being people, right? Mm. Is that we've all got our different histories and our and our weird little quirks and whatnot and traumas too that yeah. that influence and and I like these kind of chats because they just ask you to be a bit more present with your thinking, mm. you know. And and ultimately, like it's a great thing for you because really the solution is if you don't know money, you can come to you, be a client. And you'll mm. walk that journey with people, just yeah. like we do in the video and podcast space, right? Yeah, and it is hard. Like I have clients where I know they're avoiding me because mm. I know that they're like, fuck, I'm not. Yeah. You know, he's not going to be impressed with what's going on. And yeah. interestingly, the clients that have the most questions are usually the ones that are doing um, the least well financially or have the most struggles financially is probably a better way to term that. Mm -hmm. So. I'm always trying to unpack what that is. So they'll have questions about how we're doing things. And, and I'm like, dude, like I should be coming to you being like, how the fuck are you doing things? Yeah. Don't, don't worry about these little things that we're doing. It's accept that it's probably right. And even if it's not, it's probably not that important. Absolutely. Like let's like, ask some good questions that we can give you some good help. But I think when we start going into that scarcity and desperation mode, we're like, let's grab onto anything little just mm. to give me a little bit of comfort that, you know, I'm still in control here. Mm. But really just instead of going, we say to clients like spray the weed. So that means basically 
fix the actual problem. Don't just plant nice little plants around it to be like, okay, we can hide that for a bit longer. We're like that, those planting things, cool. But like, let's spray the weed as well because we're not actually fixing the problem at the core of it. Interesting. So I guess like that segues into something I've been thinking about: the idea of debt, right? And um, maybe that's a problem. <laughs> it's definitely a problem. But I've been hearing people on different platforms talking about making debt work for you, mm. and it's it's a little bit like I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah. What does that mean? And when I even say that out loud, what conjures in your mind? Yeah. So the first example that came to my mind would be, say I knew that I could build out a a content studio or I could help people get into podcasting, for instance, and I found a way to borrow, say, 10 grand to get some equipment and it's interest-free for 12 months. Basically, with debt, you're always looking at what is the cost of it to you? Can you get a better return? Now, even say you paid 5% interest or even 10% interest on that podcasting equipment, and it's 10 grand up front, you're going to spend 11 grand repaying it because there's 10% interest, say. So can I generate more than this 11 grand with this money, with this equipment? Most people probably think like, yeah, yeah, I can. Um, But then you've got to do the doing, right? So I'm, I'm for debt when you use it to get a better return. The problem for most of us is that the way that we learn about debt is, hey, you're about to leave school. Do you want an interest-free overdraft? What do you mean? Like free money? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bloody oath. Would you like a buy now, pay later? You can get these shoes four weeks ahead of you putting four lots of $50 aside. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm all for that. You know, so people, we fall into these traps of thinking, shit, man, these products are amazing. They've been designed for us. It's so good. But I think what these products are designed to do is just play to our desire to want to impress other people to get things ahead of actually earning them. And there's a reason that the banks and the credit providers and shit like they're the rich ones, not us. But I think so many people have fallen into the trap of thinking that, nah, like I'm doing the right thing here. Like I am, this is, this is sweet. I'm making it work for me. And, and then it's like the, um, I'll get a credit card because I get my ear points and I've never paid interest. And we avoid the 2% surcharge, the credit card fee, the fact that if you use a credit card, you're more likely to spend more than other people who may use cash or debit. Like we ignore all of that stuff and just like, no, 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 this is a great product. Like I, you know, I travel once a year for free on this and I get my travel insurance for free. Like someone designed that because they knew that that would happen at scale. But naturally people that get behind on that stuff, they end up subsidizing it for everybody else as well. So then we think, we're like, well, I'm not like them, so then I'm winning. Yeah. So then by the time we, you know, actually go to take on debt to, to you know, build a business or do something that generates a return, we've had all these lessons of, well, each time I took debt, it didn't really, I didn't get anything back for it except mm-hmm. the things, the material things in the first, you know, part of taking on the debt and then slowly we get out of it. And then it's so scary to go, Right, well, now I'm going to take a massive risk, borrow some money, have to pay for it, and then it's up to me whether I can actually generate a return to get this back. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that line must be thin in some ways if you don't know how to um, understand that data, Mm. you know, because like say someone said, dude, have the shoes today. You might tell yourself a story, which is like, if I can get the shoes today, I might impress the person I'm trying to meet. They might offer me something. Mm. And it's a fabricated story because you just want the shoes, but we're humans. We have a psychological twist in us, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it feels like that with business. If I, you know, do I sit down with Luke first or maybe I'll try and go forward and earn some money first and I'll come back. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's just a really tricky thing. But, like, I, I wonder if you might talk to, like, that trickiness of just doing something that mm. you enjoy. That's been one of the best fruitful things that I've um, enjoyed about this business journey is that dude waking up and like my big problem today is get the kids to school and try not to be too late as I'm coming from out of town yeah and it's like I even thought like well if you're late that's all right you got some it's okay you can do a couple of things you mm. know I haven't burnt too many bridges with you so yeah. I've at least got one phone call where I said bro I'm just you know running a little bit late but but you know juxtapose that to another scenario where we're under the hammer. We're on a big deadline, mm. and we are on big deadlines. But they're our. We're kind of in in the game too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I just wonder what what it's been like for you to 
um, transition out of working for people to running your own thing and the the balance of stress and mm. and, and like it's a good stress because it's for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've loved today. It it's just completely changed my life. And I get too preachy to people to get into business and then forget that I've probably got some skills that they might not necessarily have. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's easier for me um, with just certain ways that I am and, and stuff like that. But it's just changed my life so much. And if I look back at some of the things that I've been able to do, the people I've been able to meet, you know, I've been in like private helicopters, you know, mm-hmm. just shit that I'm like, now I see a helicopter, I'm like, someone built that, someone can afford it, and someone hires that pilot. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? But there was no way my brain was thinking like that when I was employed. I'd be like, rich assholes, you know, mm-hmm. why do they think they need a helicopter? Now I'm like, they're trying to save their time because their time's really valuable and they've yeah. got things they need to be doing with that time. It makes sense. Like, how do they learn to be so valuable? What the hell? Like, what do I need to go away and learn? And have they shared anything with you? Like, what's something surprising uh, that someone really wealthy shared with you? And you're like, fuck, I never thought that you yeah. would adopt that, you know, like the secret or something like yeah. that. Um, probably like how much they want to help you. And, you know, mm. if you add value, how much they'll want to support you and how yeah. much they'll go into bat for you. And the things like you'll find out that they were doing for you that you didn't know was happening behind the scenes because they have probably come from a similar position of going through the struggle at times and they can identify people and they go like, I want to help them. And then you start doing it yourself. The other day I went and got my hair cut. The dude could not speak a word of English. No shit. He's moved over here from Brazil. And the store owner is like, oh yeah, mate, this dude, he's here to learn English in New Zealand. He's got himself out here. He's like on day one, he rang me and I've used Google translate and he just needs to make some money. Um, because he's realized how much more expensive New Zealand is than he realized. And I'm like, fuck yeah, what an attitude. Like, get to a new country, you can't speak a word of English. And he's like, I need to go make some money. Okay, straight online. He lives in a, in a room currently with nine other people. So I'm like, man, I love that. Like, I respect that. So I am like, oh, I'm going to pay extra because and I'm just like, that's. So we had to Google Translate. That's a tip for you. And I don't even think tips a word in Brazil. So we had to try and explain to him why I was giving him the, this money, but he yeah. was so grateful. But for me, you like the same thing for me, I start to see people that are going above and beyond or like having a crack and you just want to help them because you know, wow, they could then change a thousand people's lives as well. Mm. And I think we're in a society now of kind of hoping things are just going to happen for us and stuff. And I mean, I had those years, but it just doesn't. And you've still got to go out there and we say to clients all the time, like, the market won't come to you. You've got to go to the market. Mm. Yeah. And have you got thoughts around um, what, if you're thinking of doing business, you know, what is it that you can do? And I, I'm sure this is a huge market where people are, like, trying to answer this and talk to this, you know, the Alex Homoses and stuff yeah. of the world, you know, people not sure where to go. You know, I have my own thoughts, which are quite simple because I use it on myself, like, what can you do that others find hard but you find easy? It's a good you know, idea. second question I ask myself is, will people pay for it, like seriously? Yeah. Because if I just like, you know, doing burpees at home and I don't have abs, they're yeah. probably not going to pay for it, you know? Yeah. And then um, I don't even know what my third one is because I never really, I just get past those first two. But, you know, that's just how I've been framing it up when people ask me because they're about to have a crack, you know, make sure that, if you really love it, it'll probably help you when you're doing it at two in the morning mm. and it sucks. Yeah. You know, if you really hate it, then it'll probably at two in the morning, it's making negative mental health for you, mm. you know, and that's yes. how I see it. But, um, you know, you have a more articulate uh, way of probably describing that. I was thinking about this this morning because I think about this for the Keep the Change audience when I'm banging on about find some extra income. And I think they're just like, dude, like how though? Like what What am I going to do? And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know because I don't know you. But mm. I think – if you can do things that you enjoy and that fulfill you, then that's like that is the answer because eventually money comes. But it's so hard to do that because we go to school, we do X amount of subjects which are limited. We then sort of go into uni or we go into a trade or whatever, and there's not there's not actually that many um, pathways, mm. and you might not like any of them. So then, how are you supposed to know what you enjoy doing? But I usually say to people, okay, well, go on your Instagram. Like, who are you following? What's the most, like, what's the content you engage with the most? What are you searching? Go to your search history. Like, what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning that is taking your brain somewhere? Like, what are you going and reading about? 
and there might be some answers in there. And my favorite example to how to keep things simple is my mate who is mediocre. Uh, he could watch this, so relatively good at cricket. <laughs> and and I'm like, dude, like I try and say to people, just do something that you're relatively good at that other people will go, I know that they're better than me, I'll transact. So mm. he said to, in his cricket club, I've got my Sundays free at the moment. I've got X amount of slots open to teach um, kids how to be better at batting. He's like, mate, I got three parents message me straight away. I've just made myself an extra 270 bucks on my Sunday or something. And I'm like, how good is that? But then he's gone down a pathway of maybe I could scale this. You know, Maybe I could do some online coaching for people all around the world. Maybe I could charge them US dollars. And so just by simply taking that action and realizing like, oh, wow, I'm in control here. I could make a bit of cash. Now he could be on, you know, a path and that could be his thing. He could be really fulfilled by that. Or he might learn some things along that path and go, you know what, like that served its purpose. Now I actually, with this knowledge, I want to be doing this over here. And, you know, someone in that group said, look, do you want to do one-on-one coaching and I'll pay you five grand? You might be like, oh, holy shit. Okay, yeah, let's do that. And then it's, um, right, do you want to coach this club and we're going to pay you X amount per year? And all of a sudden that person goes from throwing up a Facebook post, getting three parents saying, yep, that we will you know, give you 270 bucks or whatever it was for those three kids to now I'm a paid cricket coach. Mm. But like, you don't know if that is your journey until you try some Absolutely. of the shit down here. It's, it's spooky. Um you know, we did a funded podcast around suicide prevention. And when that funding came in, I said to Guy, you know, I've been podcasting for hobby for 10 years and now I'm a professional podcaster, but it's not through having a million views or downloads. Mm. I hacked it by finding a different avenue. And we had a moment where we were like, oh shit, that might, we might, I might have peaked. Yeah. You know, because the goal when you're doing something is to be good at it. Mm. And it's by what metric, I guess, you know, yeah. and, you know, tr- like you're saying, trying to find, and so there's probably still a chance to be a warrior, yeah, yeah, to be a Kiwi, but it's like, maybe it's the financial literacy warrior Bingo. for them, right? And if you love it, then you can make those worlds come together. Yeah. You know, maybe guy, I get to ask you this stuff too, because you're kind of, um, I mean, you're, you're slightly pessimist, maybe you're an optimist, big term, but you're like... You quite often do this to me. Ooh, don't know, mate. <laughs> and I guess I'm just interested, like, have you started seeing as, let's just say, your buffers increased, that other things pop up and it seems to be so unfair because you really would have appreciated it oh, if totally. other things came up for <laughs> options. But now that you've taken a step, there's another step there. And, you know, I don't take you down too much, the metaphorical, but yeah. talk to me, bro. Uh, no, absolutely. I think it's actually kind of, it's it's very interesting to sort of reflect back on that. What, so I sort of, you know, what I mentioned before of that sort of struggle for, you know, 36 years of like, I'm this one thing and I see myself this one way and, you know, and I'm just trying to make it work that way. And if I can't make it work that way, I'm a failure. Uh and the reason that I'm not succeeding that way uh, is just, uh, you know, the hands of fate have not turned in the right way and, you know, I haven't had that sort of luck or whatever the case was. And then, you know, as soon as I obviously sort of maybe started looking at it as I'm not just the artist, I'm the artist who's trying to make a business from my art Mm. i'm trying to i i am an artist but i need people to buy my art um i'm an artist but i need to sell my skills that i do artfully um all those sorts of things um have then sort of manifested in different ways and you know you and i are sort of heading off to shoot a documentary and uh on set on saturday you know through the pacific islands and like that's through a complete roundabout way, nothing to do with, you know, necessarily New Zealand on air. Uh yeah, or, <laughs> or or the film commission or how I would have imagined getting that and and doing that. 
I would have never imagined the pathway we've taken to do it, and now we're doing it in a completely different way. But it did definitely start with the kind of shift in mindset and perspective um, and sort of looking at, you know, as as you said, sort of like um, I was waiting for it to happen to me mm. um, uh, and then I realized that I had to make it happen. And mm. I don't want to say that I wasn't trying to make it happen, but I was only thinking of it going to, it would happen in one way. Yeah. And so as soon as I started uh, thinking like it could open up in different ways. So I have to, you know, there's a saying in wrestling that like sometimes you have to just go away and learn a new hold. And I'm yeah. a big fan of that. Uh, it's kind of the idea being that if you kind of get stale and the things you're doing aren't working, you have to go away and learn something and then come back. And yeah. I I definitely think that has been a a process and an experience in my professional life that has been very helpful and I do still have that feeling that it's like, but man, it's not fair. I was this good before all this stuff. I've been this good for mm. a decade, uh, you know, but now it's all coming together, you know, mm. but I've been this good. So how come it didn't happen all that other time? You know, <laughs> it's, it's also interesting because I didn't grow up like that. I never thought I was, you know, I'm the youngest of my lot. Yeah, and I always had people clearing paths. The only reason I'm doing this is because I realize fucking no one's coming to save me. Mm. So I have to toughen up. Yeah, and I hate it. I hate having to know more about shit. Yeah, if I won lotto, I'd fucking chill. <laughs> yeah, and I'd you know probably either eat too much or get a personal trainer. You know, but yeah, that's why I really appreciate you doing this for us because this is um not in a wanky way. These are the awesome networks and opportunities that we get to build because more of life is on our terms. Mm. And I, I want that to come through in these business chats, you know, not just the nuts and bolts that, you know, it's just, it's like a re religious, probably too much, but spiritual. You have to really think that there's something there for you. Yeah. And if you can, like the mentor, there, there might be things working in the background that you don't know or someone taking a punt on you mm. or someone paying a bit extra for the haircut. Dude, it might have been enough for the next step and yeah. you'll never cross paths again, but how cool is that? And it just, um, you know, that's that. That's what I think a life worth living is yeah. should be. Yeah, you know? and, and like I couldn't do that shit when I was poor mm. and when I was in debt and when I had credit and when mm. I was just actually selfish and doing the things that I wanted to do and mm. drinking too much and going on trips I shouldn't have been going on and stuff. And so mm. I think there is – it's a hard conversation in New Zealand because I think we we dial the conversation hard to the rich are fucking everyone, which, you know, there's always evil people, but there's evil poor people, there's evil rich people, there's evil middle class people – but we tell the story that they're the, the mm. bad guys and Take stuff. Take from them. Yeah. yeah. And we forget that, you know, like then why don't you be the change? Mm. You know, like go out and do the good shit with the money that you, you know, you can get get access to if, if that's your thing. Mm. Um, but just want to touch on something quicker that you are saying before. So you're going overseas, right? Yeah. And yeah. And I think what happens in business too is because we're like going so hard, we forget that when we go on those things to stop and be like, Holy shit, mate! We're having a beer, yeah. and 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 like people will be like, "Whoa, what the fuck are they doing over there?" <laughs> and we're like, "Did we get the edit done? Like, yeah, did we? Where's yeah, the footage?" Because yeah. I've done the same thing. I went with my best mate to cover a race day in Tasmania, and we were like, "Mate, we've got to knock this out of the park. It's our first sort of invite." And I'm like, "We'll vlog every day. We'll get that posted every day. We'll do a wrap up at the end. We'll do Instagram stories. I can speak at this event. You film that, bro. We'll punch out the keynote. All of this stuff." Looking back, I'm like, man, there's probably like 30 G worth of work there. And I think mm -hmm. we were like, yeah, we'll do it for a couple of grand. Fucking Tasmania. Never thought I'd go there. <laughs> and we literally, people were like, oh my God, you guys are going to Tasmania. By the time we got home, I'm like, bro, we just sat in that hotel room the whole time. <laughs> and we'd be like, okay, guys, we'll see you at dinner. Uh, we need to go for four hours and like pull the footage down and clip yep. it out. And I'll write the copy up and stuff. But you know, now we get to look back and we're like, mate, remember that time we went to Tasmania? Absolutely. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, but you've got to, in those moments as well, be like, wow, like I did it. You know, I did the things that when I was employed or a little while ago thought weren't possible or one day I'd be able to do those. But 
you have to know that when you get to do them, you'll already be like into next the next chapter or thinking about the next thing anyway. So you've yeah. kind of got to like pull yourself back and be like, wild, holy shit, yeah. I'm, I'm in Tasmania or, yeah. or wherever it may be. That's the thing, you know, like, you know, we're leaving on Sunday. You got the suitcase? Yeah. What what suitcase? You know, so yeah, we're getting to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is that challenge. And uh, I think one of the good things about being in our 40s now, guys just reach 40, is that um, – I know I'd rather be doing it now than 50. Mm. I'd probably have more different patient skills at 50 that would allow me to enjoy that. But I know I'm partly going on this trip because I need to force us to live it and yeah, enjoy yeah. it. And, nice. and um, you know, it's hard to put a price to that sometimes. It's even confronting for me. It's like it's really easy to forget the value you bring to things. Yes. You know, I call it alchemy. Guy hates when I talk like that. The little, you know, these little moments that help the other things kind of connect. Yeah. But anyway, who cares? Because it's working. And if it's not working, then we'll go into damage control and we'll be uh, booking in with Luke for an <laughs> extreme session. But, dude, I want to thank you for um, just all your work out there. You know, hundreds of hours you put into mm. to trying to um, get this going for people and also. I know you're getting some success with engagement and, you know, hats off. That's so hard to do in New Zealand. Mm. You know, I had a podcast like 10 years ago and it was before podcasts were kind of big and it was getting all these downloads and I was in a partnership with someone and I kind of peaked my podcasting. It was getting thousands of views and at the time I walked away not really knowing what I'd had. Yeah. And so I need to know that when that happens again to double down on it, you know. Yeah. But um, at least there's someone I know who's getting their views not just by coming from a big media organization mm. or having a really just pumping money into it, you know? That's because people like what you're talking about. So really hats off to you. Uh, where can people follow you, dude, if they want to uh, – if something you've sparked in our chat today and they want to connect ASAP? Yeah, just on that very quickly too, I actually turned down a partnership with a media company because mm. uh, off we were talking about I've still got like the Danny Virk swag, you know, the – um, out of the small town and I could make it anywhere thing, the chip on the shoulder of like, eh, fuck it, I might just try and do it on my own. <laughs> um, and I'm like, that, that'll, you know, that'll, that'll always awesome. be there. So, yeah. you know, I, I like having a crack. I like going through the grind um, for Keep the Change. The podcast was just growing nuts over these last few months. And then August hasn't been as big as July. But I'm not like, I, I think a few ego um, shades ago, I'd be like, damn it, you know, but and I'm like, maybe it's plateauing, but sweet you know as long as people are taking action then that's the actual goal it's not about me and how many downloads and how many listens and stuff yeah that shit looks great for people to look at and stuff and they're like oh wow but i'm like how many people can i actually impact and will actually like make a change and then you know one day be like thanks mate you know mm. i've done something off the back of that mm. so uh keep the change if you want to have a look at the personal finance stuff so instagram uh, keep the change.co.nz uh, me on linkedin luke kemis if you search me up and then next advisory Instagram, nextadvisory.nz. Uh, we've got a podcast called The What's Next Podcast. Keep the Changes got a podcast as well. So there's 300 plus, well, I think there's 400 now episodes on each. Um, so there's awesome. insights into people's lives, businesses, things to do, things not to do, things that I've done, uh, things that I wish I didn't do. But, you know, I'm just trying to be um, relatable and going back to what you said at the start, sometimes I'm like, I'm just a battler having a crack. <laughs> <laughs> That needs to be a t-shirt. Yeah. Guy, let's uh, get our shit together for Fiji, eh? And um, thanks Sounds to everyone. Good, thanks to everyone for watching, and we'll uh, catch you in the next one. Always, all days, all nights, see you, I do, I do.